What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 273. On this episode, I'm joined by CJ Jones. Talk about the Patreon, merch shop, Discord, politics, religion, church concerts, cults, the Paul Brothers, social media, music talk, mixing, more music talk, and a bunch of other shit. Thanks for checking us out. What up? Uh, first things first, you should go to patreon.com slash podcast and and you should stare at that page and consider if you should make the decision to give me money every month to get early access to this podcast. It's a very important decision. Don't take it lightly. Uh, you give enough money. I'm a mother. Hurricane Haynes, Marshall, the Dharma Initiative Bear. It's your boy H2.com and Jackie Daytona. You can be a co-producer like all of them. Get shouted out every episode. Um, I would imagine when they're listening, they're like, fuck, yes. Like they just get so much uh, adrenaline energy just flowing through their body when they hear their name called. Just just knowing they're their co-producer. So fuck yeah. Also, we have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com. Uh, go there if you want to wear a shirt that you can wear around and feel like, fuck yeah. You know, that's what we're in that business, if you will. Um, all right. This episode. I'm going to call a podcast friend, an internet friend, uh, CJ Jones. He's a homie out of Missouri. He plays a little acoustic, rockish, hip-hop type music. Um, you know, always expanding his his genres. Um, and we'll see what we'll talk about. Me and him, uh, we're very good internet friends. We, we DM a lot of opinions and thoughts and shit-talking to each other. So who knows? Who knows what we'll get onto? But I know what I've been waiting to talk to him about, or who the fuck the goddamn Paul brothers are, because I still um am confused. But anyway, let's give him a call. What's up, man? What's up, dude? I was trying to figure it out. I don't use this hardly ever, and now I'm on my laptop trying to use it. So it's even more of a challenge than the mobile app. But I think we got it. Right. Well, I just I've been going back and forth between it and Skype, depending on my guest. And Skype is more reliable in like a connection, but it just has that, you know, such that horrible noise. And just for whatever reason, Scott brings with it. I would like static or something in the background. Right. Yeah. Just to like, I guess kind of like the over the telephone sort of noise. It's trying to Im- imitate. I don't know. I don't know why, why it's there, but uh, you know, people call the exact same equipment through discord and it sounds clear. So very yeah, I was messing with the volume and effects and shit. Like you can adjust the sensitivity of the mic and all that. I was kind of messing around with that. And then I had this weird paranoia, like, oh fuck, someone's going to be on this discord and they're just hearing me check the mic right now. Like I have no fucking clue how these servers work, <laughs> but I'm like, shit, whoever's online right now, they're just hearing me ramble into the mic. I sound like a fucking it. Well, hopefully they didn't. Maybe. Yeah. Like I said, I have no fucking <laughs> clue how it works. So well, I know Microsoft tried to buy Discord recently and Discord turned them down. And I'm thinking they're offering way more than market value. Chances are, because that's how Microsoft rolls these days. Um, yeah. Uh, so they're about to go public. So any of y'all stock people out there, be on the lookout. Discord's, I mean, it's it's survived a lot longer than some of these other like chat room services. 
That's wild. I feel like I first heard about Discord like three or four years ago and didn't really know what it was exactly. I'm still not completely sure, but it proves itself useful yeah. quite a bit. I mean, what most people originally used it for were video game communities uh, where people would get yeah. on here and, uh, you know, they all play World of Warcraft or whatever. And while they were on that, they could have this also running to easily chat. Or if a game didn't have like a native chat thing like this could run while you played games. I think that's how most people used it. Um, but I've just used it to replace um, any other instant messaging service. I don't know. Like there's a fucking call and video button like built into their DMs. I'm like, perfect. I mean, yeah, dude, I'm bad about that. I don't know about you, but like I'll have the same people on Facebook, on Twitter, sometimes even text messages or Snapchat. I'll be talking to the same person in like four different ways throughout the day. And it's almost easy to trick yourself in your mind into thinking it's like a different fucking dude. Like, Hey, this is still my friend, but this is the Snapchat version of him. This is the Twitter version of him. Like I almost have to pause and remind myself like, yo, this is the same dude. Like I just fucking text him. Like why it's so confusing to a certain extent. I don't know if I'm the only fucking person that does that. I'm I'm, I know I've heard other people bring that up. Me. I think I do a pretty good job of, uh, friends like Mountain Man, right? He only messages me through Instagram, and I I rarely use Instagram's messaging. But if I need to hit him yeah. up, I always go to Instagram to message him, even though I have him on all the other stuff. Um, or like me and you always message on Twitter, and so I kind of keep it to Twitter, even though we are friends on the other stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, sure? the Instagram shit. Like anytime I think I have a message on Instagram, nine times out of ten, it's someone mentioned me in their story. I don't use Instagram enough to even fully know how to respond to that. So I'm like, oh, fuck, that's cool, I guess. But yeah, for me, if someone mentioned me in the story, I just reshare that story myself. And then that's about it. And then I've turned off all Instagram notifications on my phone for a long time, for like over a year now, because I would get them for the stupidest shit. And I was like, I don't even I'll check it when I check it. And I just check it when I check Twitter. Yeah. Because, you know, it's part of this cycle. Someone, someone started a live. <laughs> right. I don't know how many of those I motherfuckers don't I accidentally watched. You know, two seconds up. So yeah. I clicked it. Um, but yeah, I just kind of have a, you know, I think everyone has their addiction to their phone and they go through their cycles. So like me, it's like first thing I open is Twitter. And then after I, you know, clear out all those notifications so it won't fucking alert me. I just go ahead and do Instagram. Then I do Facebook. And then f- because I have Spotify for artists, I check it way too often. So I just click that app just to look. I'm like, hey, look, someone's listening. Cool. Yep. But I don't like it doesn't do anything. <laughs> it just. And then I put my phone up and then like five minutes later, I grab it and I do it all again. Yep. I know the feeling. Luckily I've been off the Facebook train for like two weeks. Like I didn't full blown delete my account, but I've got it on whatever they referred to it as. It's basically on a lockdown. Yeah. If I choose to log back in, it's still good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone can find me on there or tag me in anything, but like I said, if I feel that itch, I can log in and see if I missed anything. Odds are I did not. Right. I missed probably my relatives fighting over whatever issues in the news that week. Yeah, I would say I think Facebook's calmed down a lot since the Trump uh, stuff yeah. happened. Um, a lot of people left Facebook because they were pro Trump, you know, so they were going to go to other websites. And then I've seen some of those oh, people. What the fuck was that one called that they uh, parlor shutting was a down. pretty big one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I've seen some people come back from that, you know, like they uh, 
and they don't really bring it bring it up. You know, like they're back on Facebook, but they don't, they just don't really post anything from what I see. Um, so yeah, very interesting. I also think it's uh odd. Uh, you know, and we can kind of get in politics, I guess, a little bit. I just think it's crazy. No one cares that Donald Trump's been banned from stuff. When I think that's super crazy, uh, I just do. Like, I oh, get wild. I think I get it, it. Should scare people and like, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, like I don't like him either. You know, or whatever. But like, and I already know the argument people are going to say back because I'm aware of the fucking internet and how it is. But like to me, it is a free speech sort of issue. And when people are like, no, it's their private company and they can say anything. And it's like, sure. But like the electric company at one point in time was a company, but then it became a utility. And then now the electric company can't use because your politics decide you can't have electricity. Yeah. And this is basically what they're doing with the internet is they're saying like, well, if your politics don't align. And again, I don't agree with these politics, but like, that's not what the point of free speech is. Like, I don't know who said it, but there's like a really famous speech of only, you know, polite speech doesn't need protected. Like you're not, when people are like, well, if they could just be nice about it, it's like, well, that doesn't need protected. That's not what freedom yeah. of speech is for. It's for the crazy freedom of speech shit. doesn't apply to. Small talk, right? <laughs> like it applies to someone saying and it something tends to horrible. be like I've noticed a trend. Yeah, I've noticed a trend where the people who bring up that argument you presented like, oh, well, I mean, Twitter's a private company. They can do what they want. Those tend to be the people who disagree with the ones who were banned anyway. I feel like if someone they aligned with were banned, you would hear a way different argument. Like I said, I'm not even pro Trump. Like I think a lot of the shit he says is stupid. So I can see to a certain extent why they would choose to ban him, but it's still a scary, scary situation where they can just pick and choose like who they agree with, who they don't, because with him, it is fairly easy to see why they made that choice. But who's to say in the future, some situation will pop up where, it is a little more gray area. Like, oh, fuck, I don't know about that one. Well, and honestly, uh, they they use this whole he incited violence. But like there's been quote tweets. There's, you know, people have went out of their way to find all these celebrities and politicians that have incited violence many times over the Internet. You know, like, oh, yeah. Through like burn the towns down if they don't give you what you want sort of uh, agendas or whatever. And, and I get that's a slippery slope. You know, you can't start saying that like burning down cities is bad. Because then people are going to call you racist. It's like fucking crazy. But <laughs> and I'm like not to go too yeah, yeah. too far down that already uh, this early. But it it's just crazy the the whole the Trump thing. Like I don't know. I just I just think uh, people should be allowed to say stuff. And if you go out of your way to tell people they can't talk, it's gonna make the like people that believe or that's just evidence for them to be like, see, they're shutting him down because he's a truth yeah. sayer or whatever, right? Whereas in like I'm of the camp of like, let them say the stupid shit. So then you can go on John Oliver or John Stewart or whoever, you know, and you watch them make fun of it. And then you're like, Oh, look at the stupidity of this yeah. man. Like I think and honestly, even when he does yeah, even when they do say the stupid shit, the people who are going to agree with him are gonna agree with him regardless, you know, like but yeah, like you said, allow them to say the dumb shit. A majority of people will recognize that they're saying dumb shit and that's as far as it will ever go. The people who are going to agree with some crazy ass ideology are going to likely agree with that regardless. So you can't really protect the ideas of those people just by banning someone because those people still believe the same wild shit. And now it's just reinforced because their leader in quotes is booted from the platform right well and 
Uh, some that I always go back to um, is the gay baker. Or, uh, the, the baker wasn't gay, but the baker and the gay couple. You know, that very famous case. Oh, America, yeah, yeah. The law. Um, where the the people in general that were on one side of that or on the other side of the Trump thing. So it's like, they're like a private business in that case, they think should have to make the cake for the gay couple. Now I agree with that. I don't think you should be able to discriminate. Uh, if someone should be allowed to purchase your cake. Now I I always kind of got confused about this. Cause I've always been told like any business can refuse the right to serve anyone for any reason. But, but then again, they can't because then they could just be racist and shit. And we, we don't allow that. So like, I do know there are some limits to that, but in general, I just think of a business owner, you should make all the cakes for any customers that want them because that's your business. You know, like I do think that makes sense. Um, but then in this case, all the people that would be like, you know, pro gay couple should get the cake on this. They're like, yeah, Twitter should get the kick off Trump because it's their business. And it's like, but I in my mind, it's hard for me to imagine they're not the same ones that were for, you know, the other uh, position on, on the other case. Like, I don't know. Those are so at odds yeah. with each other. But yet, like the people, they flip flop on what side they're on. And it just drives me crazy. That cake situation is interesting because I tend to look at it from a different view than you do like in my mind if the people didn't want to make them the cake like there's other fucking cake shops in town like the gay couple should have been like oh well fuck off i'll just give someone else my money like why would i actively want to give someone money who doesn't agree with my lifestyle like why would i want to line your pockets when you are against me essentially like I almost feel like, well, fuck off. I'll find another cake shop. Like you guys are losing money on this. I don't give a fuck. Right. I almost feel as if them bringing it up and bringing it to the spotlight was a petty move more than anything. And I know I'll get a lot of hate for that opinion, but like there's other cake shops. It's not the only fucking one. Right. And I think you're somewhere right. And again, and I'm going to say it's like kind of in a joking way, but not really. But like it is because we're like white male guys right to us. It's like, well, we would just take our business elsewhere. But like, I think it's easy yeah. to imagine um, a scenario in which this is a black couple going to a cake shop and the guy's racist yeah, yeah. and he doesn't make it for a black couple. And then what's, you know, stopping you from saying like, well, then black couple go to another place. You know, at, at some part, yeah, at the some only place thing, you have to have something in the line or a line in the sand. The only thing I'll say in opposition of that particular point is I think it was based on like a religious belief and you're not religious. I'm also not religious. So like, while I don't agree with them, I could see like if I was a fucking Muslim person and someone was like, hey, you got to draw this picture of fucking Muhammad for me. You're an artist. Draw this offensive picture of Muhammad. And I refuse that. They're like, well, fuck, dude, you're an artist. Why can't you draw this? I feel like when religion gets into the picture, you almost have to kind of cater to their beliefs to a certain extent. Like if what they're doing, if they legitimately believe that what they're doing by supporting this gay couple and making them their cape if they truly believe that that might condemn them to hell while I wildly disagree with them, you kind of in a free society, we have to almost honor their wishes. Like, all right, if you believe the shit you believe and I'm not going to force you to go against something you care so strongly about. Well, in this case, we have laws that protect the gay couple. I mean, as a, as a class, there's yeah, sexual yeah. orientation. And to me, I don't think anyone's religion should like allow them to break laws. But again, like I said, I I also agree on that point, but I'm just saying like almost devil's advocate to a certain point. Right. From their perspective. From their perspective, I get it. Now, even though I don't agree with their perspective. I mean, honestly, one of the first things that ever made me start doubting religion um, was religious people's view on homosexuality. And even though I 
and not on the the gay spectrum, you know, because they they say a spectrum. I just was always like it didn't it bothered me how it bothered other how it bothered religious people, like even at a, as a young yeah, exactly way. like it just I don't know why it just got into my skin, and then I just want to argue all the time about it uh, to like my grandparents and other religious folks I knew because it was just one fucking verse like in the whole fucking bible and then like there's another one just like a couple chapters you know before and after about mixed cloth clothing and about eating shellfish and all this other shit that like we don't give a fuck about and like i just yeah i just couldn't get over how like y'all are purposely using religion so far in that example and someone's like well it's my religion i'm like no no you're you're picking one little fucking thing to make a big deal about like it's like the ten commandments one of the ten commandments thou shalt not kill but the motto of the fucking u.s military is like god bless us like god's on our side type of shit it's like what do you mean like he specifically told you not to kill but now you think god is protecting our military so like there's a lot of weird contradictions like that and i don't remember one of the ten commandments being thou shalt not be gay like right that was one of the most important things to follow you think it would have made the criteria right and like i know we go on forever about religion but i i just think at the end of the day the bible's obviously uh a document of the times it was written and you'll hear religious people say that as like a defense for it. And I'm like, to me, that's not like, I don't know. It's like what to do with your slaves and what happens if you rape someone and like all this shit that I'm like, this is obviously craziness. (laughs) Not only that, but it was like people tend to believe the Bible was one book like written by God, but the Bible is almost like an almanac of sorts. It's like a collection of books, like, the book of fucking whoever was written by the person it was named after. Like that was the author of it. There's multiple authors of the Bible. Each book in the Bible was a legitimate book and they compiled it all into one collection essentially. And they left some out. And whenever it was translated, they added and removed certain things. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I've there's had just this, so much manipulation to it that it's so hard to right. An, an example we accepted said at face value earlier. The exact same thing with Trump and people are like, they would. It doesn't matter. They would still believe him, you know, regardless of. Yeah, yeah. I've had all these conversations with my grandparents back whenever I was, you know, getting unreligious, and they were would argue with me about it all the time. And I would bring up these Bible verses, and I would say, you know, hey, it was translated. They left all this stuff into their existence. They'd be like, no, God made sure that these words were put here because this is what we need for this time. You know, like there's always a reason, you know, like it always makes Mm -hmm. sense. And, you know, cognitive dissonance is a hell of a thing, you know, so. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, Mark didn't write the book of Mark. God did. (laughs) Right. Through Mark. And uh, I I always like my favorite thing about religion was the lost books, you know, like the history channel and stuff would have them to be like, yeah, what was that? Uh, The Dead Sea Scrolls, I think. Yeah. And then they had I remember like the book of that's one collection of them was really I really thought that was very uh, interesting because Bob Judas's perspective, God told him he had to rat on Jesus. You know, he didn't want to, you know, it was like a whole other story. I'm like, see, like they could have put that and then you would go through Sunday school learning how sometimes you have to turn people in. Cause for the good of, you know, or whatever, <laughs> yeah, like if yeah. they, if they would have left that book in and then, uh, you know, there's another one where it's like, you only go to hell for 10,000 years was a, a passage in some other book. And they chose to leave that out because they felt That's a like, relief. yeah, like they felt like that, uh, would have people sinning more if it wasn't eternity. So they didn't include that <laughs> book. Like I just like yeah. that stuff. Like just imagine. Cause like you're, you're what? 33. Yeah. <laughs> so you're 33. I'm 31. Imagine our entire fucking lives spent in hell in quotations, how fucked that would be like from birth to now we were in hell. And then 
their interpretation is like, oh, if we only told them it'd be 10,000 years, they'd be sinning all the time. Right. It's like, what? That still sounds fucking horrible to me. Yeah, I mean, but it's a drop in the bucket to a forever. I mean, and yeah, 10,000 years feels like forever, though. Like when I'm fucking 31 and my life seems like it's been. Yeah, but it goes so faster. Far. It's going faster the older you get, you know, so it's wild because go by the exponential about growth. This. I feel like other people have brought this up, but it's almost like a percentage of the total time spent. So like one year when you're 31 is a small percentage of your total lifespan. Whereas when you're five years old. One year is one fifth of your life. So like that percentage is greater. So it does feel like it takes way longer. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but it's interesting. Yeah. Thought experiment. Yeah. The math works out. Math works out for me being 33. It's like 3% of my life's a year. Um, yeah. But I mean, this last one with COVID that fucked it all up with the time. I'm all like, I keep yeah. saying, like, you know, a few months ago and I'm like, actually, I mean, two years ago. Yeah, what do I mean by that? Uh, it's really, really throw me off. Um, so I feel like we've really pushed everyone away with all uh, the religion talk. So that was a good job there <laughs> yeah, at the beginning yeah. of the podcast. The five of you still listening. Thank you. Right. I mean, you are the real ones, uh, which is good, because one of the things I want to talk to you about was church concerts, because we randomly mentioned it one day. And uh, I went to quite a few concerts through the church, um, you know, because I went to a small or I was in a small town and uh Church was a big source of entertainment. That's probably why I went so often, you know, like every Wednesday yeah. night. And then uh, they would drive us up to Oklahoma City and there would be some rock concert with some uh, Christian bands. But they're like half secular and, you know, like they didn't really act like Christian bands when they were rocking out, you know, so you'd feel kind of cool yeah. about it. And then uh, I remember YEC one year, this uh, white Christian rapper named Toby Mack, who was a really big deal back in the day. Uh, I remember seeing him perform and was like, hey, I think Christian rappers aren't the worst thing in the world. Um, but anyway, they're like a lot of good memories. But now because like me and you like so aren't religious, it's funny looking back on it and being like, man, I had so many musical influences that are things I just would never even listen to now. Yeah. Well, even like in the late 2000s, like 2010 after from like 2010, 2015, I was huge into like a lot of metal bands. And I found it weird that a lot of Christian bands kind of infiltrated that scene. So like you'd go to Warp Tour and shit and there'd be some bands playing at Warp Tour that were like super atheist. Like their merch was like completely obvious they were atheist. Then they'd be sharing the stage with these hardcore metal bands that you would never assume were Christian bands because like they're screaming and shit. But like they're preaching in a sense. Like if you actually read the transcript of their lyrics, you're like, oh, fuck, this is actually super inspirational. But they're so aggressive with the way they're saying it. It was just a weird balancing act, like kind of cool, honestly. Like if you were a Christian, you're like, well, fuck, dude, I like this kind of music, but I want to be represented in that kind of music. And there's, there's people out there who made that happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm Reliant K was probably my favorite band uh, when I was in high school that I saw live. A few times, you know, I actually probably saw them more than any other band I've seen live. And they just were always in these concerts. And if the church was going, I was signing up because I thought they were so cool. And I always liked them because their CDs, like 75 percent of the songs on the CDs weren't at all about God. If anything, it was like it was like maybe refer to God. But you could also imagine he was referring to a girl that he loved and it like kind of also worked cause he would never really say that. But then every yeah. once in a while, you know, it'd be a, a legit <laughs> song. And so I just, uh, you know, it was a huge, uh, a fan of all of their shit. And then they, I remember finally came out the CD that wasn't, uh, a Christian 
rock CD and like everyone got pissed like at the church that I was at. They're like, how dare they betray? So I could, <laughs> it's like this weird, like <laughs> yeah, you're getting yeah. this like a uh, niche and people are like, they expect a lot out of you. Yeah. It's a weird balancing act because if you almost, if you accept the title for yourself as like a Christian band, you're almost boxed in to a certain extent. Like, all right, you better reference God at least one time during this song. God forbid you write about life struggles and shit that everyone goes through. Like, but you better circle on back around and throw a God reference in that. It's like, yo, I just want to write about this heartbreak I experienced. Like me and this girl broke up. I'm fucking sad about it. It's like, yeah, but uh, how did God affect this? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I'm a Christian band. Right. Yeah. And thinking back to like Reliant K, their songs, at least their popular ones, they really weren't about God. Like there was yeah, one. Yeah, you would never guess almost that they were a Christian band. The one I think of the guy popular first was Sadie Hawkins dance. And it was about Sadie Hawkins dances, you know, like where a girl asked the guy and it was just a yeah. song about the concept. Uh, and there's a song called Moodering That's probably still one of my favorites. And it's about how this dude wishes his girl where wishes all girls would wear mood rings. You know, funny concept, not at all about God. And like, that's how their songs were. And so it was like, oh, that's funny. And I never understood why they were a Christian band, but um, that that's how they were referred to. Um, but anyway, this Toby Mac guy as well, people don't know. This motherfucker was doing backflips off stages and rapping about God and shit. He was pretty cool, too. And then there was I've a- heard that name, but I don't know if I've ever heard any of his music. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think you would probably not hate it. I mean, you might hate it. It's been a long time since I listened, so I can't really vouch for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But as a... Uh, you know, you're a, a white rapper as well. Um, you know, I'm sure there's something in there. You'd be like, ah, oh, yes. Good job. Yeah, you. Okay. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Um, what are you going for? And then there was a non-white rapper. He's a black rapper named Kirk Franklin, uh, who also was like, he's like a gospel singer, but he like kind of rapped sometimes. Yeah, so I, I only know that name because one of the Lecrae songs, coincidentally about Christian rappers, Lecrae mentions Kirk Franklin. And I never knew who the fuck he was talking about in that song. So that makes a lot of sense why he would throw that in a verse. Well, one year at church camp, uh, Kirk Franklin's song Revolution was the 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 song of the summer or like whatever. Like that's the one that was playing when you would come into the tabernacle and all that shit. Um, and so like I just I heard it so many fucking times that week that I went home, looked him up, downloaded something off, you know, mom wire or whatever. Um, Church camp was a big deal. Like this week, uh, my boss at my job, their kids going to the same church camp I went to growing up and we were just talking about it. And I went a lot of years, you know, um, again, there wasn't a lot to do. They were going to load you up on a bus. You go hang out in a cabin for a week and uh, they basically just sleep deprive you. And then you start having spiritual moments, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was not a cult, though, not a cult at all. They just keep you awake, let you sleep two hours a night, and then fill your head. Southern Baptist is too big to be a cult. That's that, uh, fair enough. So I think they're safe there. But uh, they graduated from the woods into buildings. They're not a cult. Well, if the leader's dead, it's a religion. If the leader's a lot, yeah. it's a cult. That's, I mean, I know it's like a joke, but I think <laughs> a lot it, more, of truth it makes that, sense. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of truth to that. Uh, I, I, I will watch any fucking cult documentary. I really need some more. Um, the last one I watched on HBO was about Heaven's Gate, and I still think about it from time to time of how like the 60s and 70s was a crazy time where people were just looking for something and they they did want traditional religion. You know, they're like, no, there's other we want sci fi answers, which I kind of relate to. I like all the alien talk and stuff. Um, but, you know, people would just come out with new religions and they'd be like, I have the answers. Here it is. And then people would join their group and be like, let's all go live in a house together. 
Like, I don't know. It just happened way more often than you would think. Uh, it's wild as fuck to think about because like from the outside looking in, you kind of have to ask yourself like, nah, no one would fucking fall for that. Like, look at this. This looks stupid, but it's so easy to see how you could slip into that trap. Right. Well, I mean, I think anytime someone gives an idea that's different than the norm, like if you're not succeeding in the norm, normal world, like for instance, me and my wife uh, have a house and we have jobs and we're making our bills, you know, like things aren't, aren't going too horrible. Uh, just like I'm assuming your life is, I mean, yours seems better. You have a cool yeah. looking house shit, but like if you were failing <laughs> and uh, you know, like shit wasn't adding up and then someone comes to you and they're like, yeah. no, no, we're going to put four families in a house where we all share spouses and we're just one giant family. And like, if your life's falling apart, you're like, fuck it, let's try it. You know, like maybe like, fuck it. This, this version of reality isn't working for me. Like what do I have to lose? Right. I feel like that has to be what happens. Uh, you know, like I watched this yeah. David Koresh, uh, what the, it was called Waco on Paramount network, uh, where they did like a re, you know, it was a drama series about it. And the whole thing, like these guys, like he would tell them like they couldn't have sex with their wives or whatever, but he could. And like, they would be like, okay, if that's what God told you. And I'm like, what the fuck? I just can't, Yo, I yeah. can't ever get there. Anyway, fucking no, cult. Just, just scratch your head. Like what the fuck, man? Right. And then Scientology, which is like the most successful cult, you know, of our age, uh, besides, I guess the religions that turned into religions. Uh, it has turned into a religion, but like, it's so obvious some cult shit, you know, like the creator was like a sci-fi novel writer who like yeah. just created that one in story. particular. That one in particular is super fascinating though. Cause from everything I've heard, like all the interviews and shit and all the research I've done on that in the beginning stages, like it sounds legit as fuck. Like, Hey, get all the negative shit out of your brain. Try to focus on positivity. Like try to manifest yourself a better tomorrow. Like work fucking hard, focus on things. You'll accomplish things. So like a lot of their beginning messaging is like, well, fuck, I can get on board with this. It sounds pretty cool. And I guess it's not until you're in it for like two to three, four years or more that shit starts really like, hey, and now you're going to go to planet Nebulon and talk to the like, whoa, 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 whoa. What the fuck did you just say to me? Like, I thought we were just I thought we were just like making a list of goals and like checking them off. What the fuck are you talking about? Aliens now. Yeah, I think because I've watched the Going Clear documentary, I believe is what it was called. Uh, that came out. I don't remember when it came out a few years ago um, about it. And, you know, they have like certain devices like you put your hands on these handles and it measures how much spirits in you or some shit, you know. But really, it's just a, it measures the electricity in your body, which everyone has a little bit, um, yeah. you know, but like they, they think they're making like all these crazy gadgets. But yeah, it's like they get to level 10 and then they tell you about where people come from. And it's like aliens visited here millions of years ago and they put frozen humans in ice giant ice cubes and put those around volcanoes and then volcanoes erupted and let the humans <laughs> out. Like, you know, it's like, uh, yo, dude, can I can I demote myself back? Like I right. kind of like level fucking nine and below. And then they said like then that. Yeah. Like when you're at that level, it's basically even if you don't believe it, you're pressured to act like you do because you said you now have some power, you know, um, and then if you're not there, you don't know yet. So you're just hoping and you're wishing that someday you'll get there. Now, I think the big problem with them is when you hear what they do to children um, and, yeah. you know, some of the sexual misconduct shit you hear out of the community or like Tom Cruise and it's going clear thing. They claim that Tom Cruise has this crazy title um, in which if he could murder, not saying he has, but he could murder someone in front of everyone and they would all swear they would never tell. 
and they would clean it up for him and shit. Like because he's like <laughs> their chosen one. Um, it's fi- I don't, it's just fascinating. I, any religion that's like somewhat new, I just find more fascinating because, like we mentioned earlier, people get offended about the older ones. Like you know, you can't talk about yeah. priests raping kids or Catholics. So get all like, well, it's not my priest. I'm like, yeah, but it's a lot of fucking priests. You know, like yeah, there's <laughs> the fucking number is alarmingly high. Right. And then, you know, the uh, more more Protestant views, I'm just all like, I, I mean, I'm going to have a problem with it. I just don't like the judgmental attitude of some stuff and the literal nature that they take uh, some of the religious texts. Yeah. Where I'm like, there's no way you believe in Noah's Ark. And then they'll like argue with you forever. Like it was real. It happened. And I'm like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there's so much evidence of a flood, like a flood for sure occurred. It's like almost every culture historically has reference of some sort of flood. But it was not like an entire Earth thing. It probably felt like it was the entire Earth. Right. Like, imagine if tomorrow the entire fucking state of Oklahoma flooded and you didn't have television to tell you that, like, Missouri was above water. You'd be like, oh, fuck, dude, the Earth is flooded. Like, look around you. Do you see land? I don't see land. Like, the whole fucking Earth's gone. But meanwhile, like, a hundred miles is a long fucking way when you're just looking with your bare eyes. Right. There is a great flood uh, story in a lot of things. Now, did it really happen? Maybe. Or it could be that, uh, you know, there's a valuable lesson to be learned in the story. And so it got passed on to civilization. Yeah. So, you know, like because that's what TV shows now teach you lessons and shit like that's what that's what they are. Yeah. Um, but but like the the 40 day thing, right? That's something I get hung up on because like, again, people literally believe it. So like, no, no, it rained 40 days and 40 knots. And I'm like, it rains more than that in places currently now. There are yeah. places on Earth that rain more than that in a row now, and the Earth isn't flooded. So obviously that's not literal. But like the funniest part to me is like someone who focuses more on like physical shit and like science. Anyone who ever studied the fucking water cycle in elementary school knows that no new water is created. Like it's either evaporated water in the sky or it's liquid water on the ground. Like water isn't just created. So if it rained for 40 days same amount of water is going to exist on the earth that was previously on the earth yeah that's very true it's very true rather it just, like you t- it might collect in different spots than it did before right but like you can't just create so much water that floods the earth and then where the fuck did it go when everything came back above the water i mean you still got two hydrogens and an oxygen or whatever the yeah you know, the thing is for each one of those um yeah very true so anyway Again, none of that's important, but I found myself in life when I found me arguing about, no, well, it didn't really, it didn't really flood in 40 days. And then like at a grown up taking, like getting real serious about it. I'm like, oh shit, I should have gotten this conversation. And, yeah, uh, what the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> right. Um, so again, the, sorry for all y'all's religion talk. Um, one thing before I forget about it is I did want you to tell me who the fuck Jake and Logan Paul are. Um, from the time of us recording this tomorrow, I believe one of them is fighting Floyd Mayweather. And so they'll probably yep. be more famous. Um, but I'm, yep. I for a long time thought they were the same person. I just, for whatever reason, they I think look, most of the world thinks they're the same person. They look a lot alike. Um, and then also, but then when I saw like one was about to fight Floyd and then one of them just fought, I was like, is that the same person? But it's like, no, those are two separate people. And then like <laughs> yeah. one's fighting. It doesn't MMA help that they did the and- same style of shit. Like both of them came up. Like I think Jake Paul was on Disney Channel initially, but like they're both really fucking huge on YouTube. Then now they're both into this professional fighting shit. So like 
they're mad that people are confusing them. They're making all the wrong choices to prevent people from confusing them. Well, they should just say get different colored hair. I mean, that's the, or style. Yeah, like, something, that's something. the first step. You just don't look fucking exactly alike. Um, and then people yeah. maybe know. Um, but one of them. So the one that's going to fight Floyd Mayweather, is that Jake Paul? Or Logan, nope, Paul. Logan actually. Yeah. Okay, so Logan's fighting Floyd Mayweather, and he's more popular, but like not by a lot, but by like a little bit. I think he got a lot bigger earlier in his career. Like, do you remember the app Vine? Yeah, I know they blew up on Vine. I know that's their starting. So he blew up on Vine, and then was like big on YouTube. And once, like five, six years ago, he had this huge scandal that like kind of broke the internet where he was in like that suicide forest in Japan mm-hmm. and they initially like, they were just going out there to film a vlog. They're like, Hey, fuck. Yeah. We're going to go camping in the suicide forest. Just being like immature 18 year olds. Like this would be fucking cool. Let's go camping in the suicide forest. But like while they were setting up their fucking camp, they found someone who had hung themselves like the day before. And just the way he kind of presented it in the vlog I think he was just a young, immature dude who didn't know what the fuck was going on. So, like, they were kind of joking around about it. And whoever edited the vlog didn't do the greatest job. So, like, the entire fucking internet seeing this kid, like, making fun of a dead body, essentially. So, he fucking basically got canceled before that was even an expression. Like, the entire fucking internet revolted against this dude. Like, people who were on YouTube who weren't even affiliated with him were making videos about him. Right, yeah, I remember when all that happened, and uh, I, I remember the thing that stuck out to me was uh, I was very aware of that forest, uh, you know, around the mountain or whatever, because I've seen on other like travel shows or other things yeah, like that, like movies and shit. And so I was aware it existed, but I was like, I mean, he didn't kill the guy. I don't know. I never, I just didn't get as yeah. mad about it at the time. I didn't know me it, either. But. And I could see why people did take it the wrong way because he was like making light of the situation to an extent. But then he also like tried to frame the video like, hey, this is one of the most important videos I've ever filmed. Like he went on like a speech like, hey, like if you're feeling like you want to fucking end it, like talk to someone like anyone. Like he tried to spin it into some sort of. Positive, but people were not having that. Just the fact that a fucking body showed up on YouTube is enough to send people over the edge. And then his. So that was Logan Paul. And then uh, his brother. Did he done more pranks to get started? Is this correct? Something like that? He was on some Disney Channel show, fucking Wizards or some shit. Yeah, no. Some sort of Disney Channel show about wizards. I don't know what the fuck it was. I never watched it, but I think that's where he first popped off. And then he's almost like made a reputation as more of like the problem kid, like fucking with people and pissing everyone off. Like, I don't know if you saw the Floyd Mayweather shit where he stole his hat and then just got his ass beat. I saw where he stole his hat, uh, but I didn't know who who did it. You know, again, I don't I don't really know exactly. Yeah, see, that, and that's another confusing point, because like Logan Paul is fighting Floyd Mayweather. But then Jake Paul is the one who stole his hat and got all this attention. And he's not even the one in the fight. So, like, I completely get why people are like, fuck, they're the same guy. Right. Well, and then it's announced that Jake Paul is going to fight Tyron Woodley. And I was yeah. like, I thought he was about to fight Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> so it's like, oh, no, no, no. That's <laughs> it's a different guy. He just fought uh, Ben Askren. Right. I think he was like a Bellator dude. Well, he was an MMA guy, but he was like a wrestler. He wasn't a, a boxer. And I think and the same I don't thing know with if you Tyron saw, I don't know if you saw any clips from that, but that dude looked out of shape as fuck. Like, it looked like he did not train 
single hour for that fight. Right. I, he just came straight off the couch from watching Sports Center. like, fuck, I guess there's a fight today. I, I just talked about us with the Snappy on the last episode. So if anyone's still sticking with us through all of our crazy religion talk, y'all just put up with it. But uh, I was listening to Two Bears, One Cave the other day, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Listen it every week. Highly recommend it. Um, and it's normally Tom Segura and Burt Kreischler, but uh, one of them's filming like a movie. So they've been like alternating weeks with like a, another guest or whatever. So yeah. on this last week, Tom Segura had on a guy who I don't know his name because I didn't, I didn't get his name. Uh, but it's some guy who is getting sued by the Paul brothers for $50 million because on his podcast, he just talked about how it was obviously a fix and it was fake. And also he talked about how one of them um, has been accused of rape. Uh, you know, he has a rape allegation that the New York times reported on. And that's how I keep saying it as the New York times out, you know, alleged. And anyway, so the Paul brothers and Triller are suing this podcaster for $50 million for talking about their fight on the podcast without permission. And if that, like if this goes to like the Supreme Court, like this is like such a big fucking deal because you shouldn't need permission to talk about any event like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it was very fascinating listening to it, but it made me also not like the populars as much. And this guy was kind of just getting into, of course, the rape allegation of what the story was saying. And then also how the populars, they own a percentage of Triller. So like they're the ones putting on these fights like they're making uh there's some sort of conflict of interest, maybe, you know, maybe not, you know, it's a new yeah. world with the, the way these, these things work. Um, and then also how like some people think Triller is not making any money. Like it's just all hype and show, but, uh, there's a lot of like business things on the back end that people are concerned about or not concerned or curious about, I guess is the right word. Dude, that's wild. Cause Triller first came out in like 2015 or some shit. I used the Triller app to make like my first three music videos because initially it was almost like the first form of TikTok, but you could film a video on Triller that would be like three, four or five minutes fucking long. So you could use that to film an entire video. So set up your camera, do one take of you lip singing, set up the camera, do a second take of you lip singing, set up the camera, do like some scenery shots, all that shit. And then at the end, Triller would like compile this video together so they would transition between all these clips. So it would almost look like a legitimate music video if you filmed enough takes. Like, all right, here's three seconds of me singing. Here's three seconds of the sky and shit. Here's three seconds of other B-roll, more singing. Like, initially, that was the thing. And only recently, after, like, TikTok's wild come up, did Triller transition to the current version of its app. And now, apparently, they're promoting fights, which really doesn't make sense. Right. I mean, the original app sounds cool. Uh, I never make any videos, and I need to. Um I just don't do, I don't think I'm going to get a lip singing. I never do it. You know, anyway, the one thing, <laughs> the original app was dope as fuck. Cause you could put your phone on landscape mode. Right. But for whatever reason, during one of their updates, they locked it into portrait mode, which no one films a legitimate music video in portrait mode. So I'm like, well, fuck this app. Not going to use it. And soon after that, that they started kind of competing with TikTok and using almost the exact same algorithm as TikTok, Like, Here's a little short 30 second video. Keep swiping. Well, we got snappy on TikTok these days. Um, at the time of us recording, uh, if people listen to the last episode, at that time, snappy had TikTok for less than 24 hours and had made like 12 videos, and he's very excited about it. And after the next day, after we recorded, he just kept it up. Like he's making like 10 plus tiktoks a day at his new job <laughs> and so anyway y'all go follow snappy i don't remember his name y'all listen to the last episode and he he shouted it out there um but anyway i've, I've never gotten the tiktok thing i just don't want to be on camera 
That's just for whatever the thing, reason. TikTok, thing. I don't film much content for it, but like the user algorithm for actually scrolling is so fucking addictive. So much better than like Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Like they detect what you're into and they just feed you infinite amounts of what you're into. It's wild how much time you can spend on that app just scrolling. And every next video is like, oh, fuck, dude, how did they even know? Right. And yeah, I don't use it often. And honestly, none of the other social media apps, they don't really get me addicted to the scrolling part. You know, like I honestly feel that like one I miss, is horrible about it. I, I feel like I miss a lot of people's uh, updates and shit you know, on Twitter because I just I'll scroll through a few. But I, uh, I could only see people. I'm not even trying to hate on engagement tweets, but like, you know, people yeah, care a great deal exactly about, about engagement tweets, you know, where like they're trying to start a conversation. That's good. You know, I'm not saying that's bad at all, um, but it's unauthentic. It's like you don't really care. I hate the ones that are obvious, like. It's obvious that you're doing what you're doing. Like, you don't give a fuck about what we're trying to say on this subject. You just want us to say something. Right. Well, it's another thing I get really annoyed at is these, like, where people tag, like, 30 fucking artists. I know I've talked about it before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Not that anyone listens, cares. Follow Friday. Right. Like, if people want to tag me, if, uh, you know, like, you tagged me and a few other people or whatever and something, you're like, these people are cool. I don't, that's fine. That's whatever. But when you're like, there's four different tweets of 30 people and i'm on the third yeah. of the fourth yeah i'm you fucking read my mind i, I just like, I, like you were tagged in something and then i go to the uh, shit i was tagged in it's like page five of five it's like oh fuck off i was a last resort for one and for two you're just hoping that all of us will comment or share whatever the fuck yeah i don't know what their hope is that's actually my new thing so like you know, I mute them immediately. As soon as I see my name in a big O group, I mute that conversation. So I don't keep getting every fucking response to it of thanks or appreciate yeah. it or whatever. Um, I just don't know what they're accomplishing. Do they, maybe it gets on followers. I don't know. You know, maybe that's what I, I've never done it, you know? So I'm just trying to guess to me, like people do it enough. There has to be some benefit to it. I just don't know what it is. Like uh, maybe it refreshes their algorithm to those people or, I don't know. I've just, I keep trying to yeah, figure out know. why people do it. Cause it happens to me. I mean, multiple times a week, you know, I get tagged in some, and again, it doesn't bother me if like people are like, Hey, I think, you know, these seven producers have really been killing it lately. And I'm one of those, like, I really appreciate that. Cause some people might be looking yeah, for beats yeah. or whatever. It seems more authentic. Right. But like when it's again, like here's everyone I've ever met on Twitter. Let me tag everyone. Like it's just yeah, fucking like at weird. a certain point. It's like, there's maybe 10 people I talk to on a, given basis and that might even be stretching it so if i were to go through and tag 50 fucking people i would have to be actively searching like oh fuck 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 who have i did i ever comment on their shit yeah i'll tag them fuck it oh yeah they liked my thing that one time fuck it i'll tag them it just seems like a desperate attempt to get as many names as possible on there and like you said the Every comment is like, oh, fuck, thanks, fam. You're a real one. They're like, oh, fuck, yeah, much love. Or, right. oh, appreciate it. It's like, Wait, it's and just... And what would they say? It's elevator talk. Because it's not like, you know, the original tweet was anything. And I've had people that I feel like subtweet me. But, you know, also maybe no one's ever subtweeted me ever. And it's just me feeling guilty about stuff. You know, that's another thing. Everyone, I think, always feels like they're getting subtweeted. When I'm like, ah, eh, most people yeah. don't give a fuck about you, man. Um, but I see what people complain about, like people not commenting to a comment. It's like, let's say I post something and then someone makes a comment. There are some people that expect you to respond to their comment, 
regardless of anything. And if you don't, if that's, that's like, the case, we would all just be engaged in infinite conversations. Like I would still be going back and forth on a thread from when I first started Twitter. Exactly. That was the, right. Well, like, yo, dude, I'm still keeping up with this thread from 2015 because it's fucking rude to not reply. Well, I would even say they don't want it to go on maybe forever, but like if someone, you know, let's say you post something and then they give whatever opinion, they expect you should have to respond back to things or gotcha or whatever, at least. Whereas in me, if it's something that's like, not everything requires a response or I don't know how to respond to stuff. So I just don't. Yeah. You know, I get fucking DMs all the time from, from cool people, you know, people I message, but they'll ask me something stupid. And I'm like, I'm just going to ignore it and act like they didn't ask me. And maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe tomorrow they'll just act like they didn't too. <laughs> the worst about that are ignoring fucking texts and shit. And I don't know, I've just got to a certain point where it's more, it's more work to me to like tiptoe around trying not to offend people than it is to just fucking live my life. A lot of the people who would be offended by this shit, like at the end of the day, aren't going to make a dent in my life for better or for worse. That might be the cynical look at it, but like, I don't fucking know some of you. I've never met you nor plan on it. Like it's different if it's like someone like you who I engage with on a frequent basis, like I'd be pretty kind of fucked up if me and you had some big negative falling out. Right. So obviously we keep things civilized, but if it's some dude who commented on my shit once and are offended because I didn't reply, it's like, well, fuck off. You, you're just one of many people that I might interact with on here. My feelings aren't necessarily hurt if, you know, if shit goes south. Right. I mean, I try to be for the most part, not to everyone I come across, but there are some people I would say that, they actively annoy me just with their internet presence. So I probably do treat them um, differently. Right. Like a little more blunt <laughs> maybe than I am with others. Yeah. Um, in real life, I'm, I'm pretty blunt and everyone thinks of me that way, you know, like uh, that could be an asshole pretty easily, but I try not to be like that on online because I know it is hard to understand tones and, and all that shit, you know, through text, but there are definitely, there's just sometimes where I just have to be as blunt as possible. I'm like, you know what? You'll rather like me or you don't. I don't know. And like I said, there comes a point where it's like, it feels almost exhausting to an extent to try so fucking hard to like tiptoe around all carefully and shit. When it's really like, whatever, here's what I think. Hate me or fucking accept it. I don't care. Right. I mean, it's just uh, for any music makers out there, you know, there's certain people you don't mind sending your songs to, to for people to listen to. Like, hey, can I get a yeah. quick feedback? Um, and there can be a variety of reasons. And I'm not even saying the way the listener does it, but like you as the artist, you want you're looking for a certain feedback as well. You know, like how yeah. you want to get like you you want it to be said to the person might be more harsh, or do you want to say that someone's like, Oh, it's awesome because that's what they say to everything? You know, like so that it is kind of on you. Um, but I've I've gotten to where like I probably send my stuff out less to people. Like I sent you uh, one of my newer songs I'm working on. I don't know when I'm gonna put it out. It's basically done, um, and I like it a lot, you know. And you were like, "Oh yeah, it's cool." I I mean, even if you were like, "Hey, I think it's bad in all these ways," I don't know what I would change, you know, at this point because I'm so far yeah. into it. And it's like, unless you told me like, "Hey, there is a plugin or a technique to try of this, yeah, this something this. specific to work off of right that i would like listen to your feedback and then be like all right you know maybe i'll try you know but and sometimes you hear that and i'm probably bad about that as well to people but like just today someone sent me a song and i just said hey i would literally just turn up everything except your voice and they were like oh really and i'm like yeah like 
and I don't think they took it in a bad way, but you know, I was like, I don't know if it was me mixing it. Like all my feedback is always like, if it's me sitting here mixing and it's my song, that's what I do. Yeah. And that's all I'm saying. And so they all do the same shit. Like if I send you something, I kind of trust your judgment on the mixing end. And even still, like there might be something you say like, Oh, the snare is a little louder. You know, there might be something that maybe I'll kind of hear what you're talking about, but decide it may or may not be a big enough deal to actually alter. If right. that makes sense. What it's also, like, uh, I still have a fresh set of ears on it. Right. And, it's, and a lot of times I'll hear it and be like, well, fuck, I was kind of thinking that same thing. So like, we're both onto something. Well, sometimes it's just different speakers, you know, like uh, for music makers out there, people that mix stuff, you want to listen to stuff on as many speakers as possible is what they say. No, I'm pretty yep. bad at that. I don't, I don't get as many speakers in as I should. Um, but I do know the speakers I have on my computer are expensive. And so like when I listen to it and if to me like that snare sounds loud, I'm ba- I'm basically letting you know that through these HS fives, that snare is loud. Now, that doesn't mean if it was playing through a different set of speakers, the snare could be too low. I've had that happen before where one set yep. of things, it sounds like one way. So it is also you're just reference pointing another set of speakers with somebody you trust more or less. For me, I tend to whatever I use to listen to music the most. I just shit off Spotify when I got it on shuffle. My ears have kind of developed a sense for like, oh, this is what a professional sounding mix sounds like when I'm listening. So I'll reference my same songs on whatever platform. And if it holds up, if there's nothing just obvious popping out at me, at least like, hey, this is fucking clearly wrong. And I'm usually fine with it. And there there are people out there who would really nerd out like, oh, well, actually, at 2.5 megahertz, you have a dip here and you need... I'm not necessarily interested in that. If nothing is obviously popping out as like just sounding fucking wrong, the obvious average listener isn't going to catch it anyway. The average listener is not a fucking audio expert who knows the millihertz that you're aiming for on a master. And you know what I mean? Most people are like, oh, fuck, this is a good song or this song sounds like shit. So as long as something's not obviously fucking bad. Yeah. At some point, your mixing is for other mixers and engineer you know like yeah. you're mixing and your for techniques sure. are like well for people that like this technique <laughs> this is how i'm gonna do it you know and there's stuff i still don't know you know like i'm i'm so unaware like for instance i always put like this little noise gate to try to take out my breaths and then like the background noise you know and like there's you could do a noise removal and, and that is a, an option as well like i've done that on some songs um but it can also take out uh I don't know, some of the color in your voice, if you will, you know, yeah. like when you do that. So I don't want to do that too much. So I just put this little thing on there, but then it might, it might cut my breaths, you know, if I have a big one where it cuts yeah, on weird. some drawn out syllable. Right. And then like, you got to deal with that, you know, and then it's like, you're kind of, well, you got to balance like what's important for that. And it's like, sometimes I'm sure I've chosen wrong, you know, or where someone's like, have you, just tried, have you tried just zooming in on the actual audio file and cutting the blank space between words yeah i mean that and that can work um i just find that then if you do have something like a saturation or something in that moment you can kind of hear that dead you hear that almost exactly now again normal people couldn't and they wouldn't all think about it but when you sit here and you're mixing for hours you're like oh i don't know um yeah yeah i get it but and then also a part of it um you know, I hate to be like, I'm a hobbyist, uh, you know, artist person or whatever, but like, that is the, honestly how I am with music. You know, like I'm not making music for anyone, but, 
me and then some of my yeah. friends and then you know like my friends i know like it and then like yeah if someone out there likes it and listens so that's awesome um but it is me making something on my beats that i've i came up with you know like i've never had a ghost writer shit i wish i had a fucking ghost writer it takes me so long to write <laughs> yeah, yeah. these days um but like there is some pride aspect you know like I, i've drawn and been creative yeah. my whole life where i'm like i'm proud of it you know like i i made play with legos and i made a spaceship and i put that motherfucker on my entertainment center um and i'd be like we're looking at that fucker for the next week because look at that cool ass spaceship i made you know like, and it's the same thing now like it's never it, nothing's yeah. changed i i do this shit because like it helps <laughs> me to not lose my fucking mind like i'm not super great at expressing like in my day-to-day life i'm just like fuck i don't want to be depressing like i'm just chilling I don't want to weigh people down with my problems. So music is that one area where like I can let some shit go that I wouldn't in my day to day life, I guess. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. Like uh, another song I just finished last week. Um, I forgot about it until a couple of days ago and I re-listened to it and I was like, oh, fuck, this is pretty good. Um, but it's kind of depressing. But like I enjoy it when I make something serious and depressing or whatever. I don't know. That's just up my yeah. alley, if you will. But, you know, with the making of the beats, I do find myself. um like lately, I've really been feeling myself on the beats because like everything I make kind of makes me not dance dance. I'm not a big dancer, but like I can kind of, you know, definitely bob your head to it, d- dance a little bit. And you're like, man, these are all so fucking good. So like I just find myself, I keep saving so many beats for myself. And then I'll sing some dumb fucking hook that I can't even <laughs> sing. And I'm like, oh, I can't be saving all this shit. We've all been there. Um, yeah, several, several fucking beats that I've written like four lines to. And then like this is fucking dumb. Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. Like, Something for like three or four years ago. I've uh, the last couple of weeks. That's exactly what I've done. I'll I'll just listen to a song. I'm like, what is the one line I would say as a hook? And then I just play off that. You know, like I'm, and they're probably all gonna be scrapped. But like, I'm really bad at making hooks, and I'm bad at making bridges. You know, like f- almost all yeah. my songs are just verse. It's just verse because that's what I like to do. And so I've been really trying to experiment and be weird. But like, I can't. Again, I don't. I'm not a very good singer now, so I can add some effects and and try to be fun with it. Um, but it's just me sounding fucking stupid trying to make some fun songs. Honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like you probably are the only one who thinks that. Like you think it sounds stupid because it's out of your wheelhouse, out of your comfort zone. But for the average listener, like, oh fuck, he stepped outside the box. I've never heard him sound like that before. But in your mind, it's like, well, fuck, I've never did that before, and definitely won't do it again. There's a reason I haven't did that before. Right. Well, it's to like the uh, listener. They're like, oh, fuck, you should do that more. Like in Inter- friends three, the song last time with karma, you know, I had that song recorded for a long time and I never put it out yeah. and uh, people seem to like it well enough. You know, I mean, karma has fans. So, I mean, they like it. And so I made another song very similar to that. And I just hit up karma. Go, do you want to do the spiritual successor to that song? And, you know, that's what we're going to have come out at the beginning of next month. And, I just needed to put a song out. So we'll see how the singles things go. And, um, but yeah, so, and, and that is a hook in which I just add some crazy effects in which I'm trying to sing. And the only reason I did, I even followed through was because in the verse, I have like, you know, eight bars in the row that I like fucking kill it. I'm like, Oh fuck, I kill yeah. this shit. And so I'm going to, because of that, I have to pull together a whole song because like you mentioned, I just had, you know, four to eight <laughs> lines of like, no, but this is really good. So Sometimes yeah. that's all you all you need to push you forward. But anytime I start feeling insecure about the shit I'm writing, I'll look at like mainstream like fucking crazy successes and how 
some songs break through that like i'm sure the singer was like what the fuck like this one what do you mean like justin timber like that dude can fucking sing his ass off right but then he uh he had that song with ti and he sings the entire song in like some weird ass high-pitched falsetto voice it's like if i wrote you a symphony like he's not even using his fucking chest voice like he's just almost like whisper singing like that song was big as fuck and i'm sure justin timberlake looks like oh fuck i sounded like shit in that one like i just kind of did that as a joke i didn't want to do a song with ti so i fucking sabotaged it but now it's like big as fuck yeah that's exactly uh, almost exact story with pharrell doing beautiful uh he did a podcast with rick rubin uh, the broken record podcast. And he talked about how he hates the song beautiful because his Oh voice, yeah. That's another one. Fucking falsetto. The entire song. Yeah. He says he, he did. He sounds, sounds flat. Like if you go back and listen, he's like, I just wasn't good. I wasn't as good at singing as I am now. And he's like, and every time I hear it, it just sounds so bad, but it became a fucking hit, you know, like even though he thought it was horrible. And so that, that is funny when those moments happen. The goddamn whisper song by the Ying Yang twins. Like how the oh, so fuck? Good. Did that ever get created? Well, it was so good. And then they had the fucking remix where it had Free from 106 and Park and then Missy Elliott. And they killed it. I mean, I had all the, I had every It's just rap not song. pleasant. Like, it it's not even pleasant to listen to. Like, Whispering is, the way they did Whispering is like, and fucking, I want to take my headphones off if that comes on. Uh, see, I thought, Mama, let me whisper yeah. I see, I think they killed it. I think, um, I mean, I haven't listened a long time, so maybe now that I've, you know, make beats and mix stuff, I will have different opinions because I noticed that about a lot of old songs. I'm like, this beat sucks, the mixing sucks, and this was a hit. You know, I think that all the time. Yeah. Um, and so, but I remember at the time thinking the mix, the, the thing that made it work was the beat. The beat was so simple yeah. that they could have, uh, I guess, in hindsight, like all the saturation you would need in the whisper to make it come through. Um, just one of those things that on paper it's like we're gonna whisper the entire fucking song it's like no are you retarded like seeing most of it maybe whisper the last line or some shit like incorporate whispering but you want to whisper a whole song like fuck off that's a terrible idea it's like Britney it's almost like it was successful simply because it was so weird right well britney spears toxic um i just read this the other day that it apparently is like everything's out of key like everything about the melody is uh purposely bad but like it becomes what it becomes. And I think that's a Pharrell beat as well. Um, that would make sense. Cause that one, I don't even know what fucking instrument that is. It's just like some weird sound effect. Right. It's, it's fucking crazy, but it's fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> like I don't even like Britney Spears, but if that beat comes on, everyone's like, Oh shit, it's a good beat. Yeah. Like I know in a, when I first started making beats, uh, the one that everyone hates on in the producer community is grills. The Grills beat, you know, the Nelly and uh, Paul Wall song. And I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I even go back and listen to it now. And I'm like, I don't understand why producers hate this. Like what? Like, I think this is great. <laughs> like there was a lot of those in that era, like that um, fucking chain hang low song. Oh, that one's so good, too. It's like a straight up nursery rhyme beat. Yeah. Jibs killed it. Um, yeah, there was a lot of I mean, I guess that, that was just my era of hip hop. You know, uh, it's my era if you will was a lot it was basically little wayne which i still love you know uh was a month or two ago we had clny on here trying to hate on little wayne i kind of let us slide because at the time i was like you know a lot of little wayne songs don't they don't stand up the test of time you know like they aren't as good now as they might have once been um but the he just comes on my spotify all the time and i'm like fuck i just love little wayne um she also hate on asher roth that day and that's why she'll never be back because uh, <laughs> the best. um 
but you know that era there was just a lot of one hit wonders where like i remember young jock was like the biggest fucking deal when i was oh yeah yeah you know and then he just fell off and like there was just a lot of guys like that vanished yeah or like uh, young jock and rick ross like came on the scene at the same time and if you would ask me then it's like oh young jock he's for sure gonna be around longer than rick ross right like i still don't quite understand the appeal of rick ross you know i get people like him uh i mean i think you know, hustling was a great song, but I think yeah, the fact exactly. he stole his whole persona from a real Freeway. man named Free Ray <laughs> Rick Ross, who I was very aware of before Rick Ross became a rapper, and I was like, "Why well, is this really happening?" Oh, and even in uh, even in that song, he's like, "I know Pablo Noriega." Yeah, like he's totally trying. And he, what? No, at no, the time he about? was a prison Do you know guard. Pete Pablo and like nori the rapper right like are you literally trying to act like you knew these fucking cocaine dudes well he he was a prison guard at the time he blew up i believe so like oh it was just so <laughs> i just was so against rick ross and um i mean good for him you know for doing it you know not a lot of people make it but i he's for now i mean his style as well is not just something i love um i don't know yeah he's not like a technically great rapper Right. I mean, I think there's. Like, I've never heard of, a Rick Ross verse and thought to myself, like, damn, like that. Those were some tongue twisters. I could never fucking repeat that verse. I, I mean, you know so, what I mean? It's like pretty straightforward. I try to be uh, uh, not too critical because, you know, like I do think something white people in hip hop tend to do is uh, go overboard. We try to. T- we lean towards like technical lyrical skills being super important, which it is. But I do think a lot of times making a good song is is the yeah, number one sure. goal, you know, uh, for instance, like, um, Eminem has this new song, you know, uh, this remix with Jack Harlow and Corday. And I saw all these people just fucking hopping it up on Twitter. So I like rushed to go listen to it, you know, cause I saw all these white rappers being like, Oh, Eminem fucking destroy these youngins, you know, cause that's what happens. Eminem puts out a song and it's all a competition. Yeah. And I, I, I do more collabs than almost any fucking underground rapper I know. And it is never a competition. I've never, ever done a song with someone and been like, I'm going to do better. Like I want the best song. I want them to kill me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just want the best song. So I, I just think it's weird when people look at it that way. Uh, but anyway, I go and listen to it and I think Eminem's verse is fucking horrible. Like I think it ruined the song. And like, again, I'm not, I love the, the Marshall Mathers LP and that's, about it you know i like slim shady lp I'm, as well i'm with you um you know i didn't love the eminem show and encore and all that that wasn't my favorite um but anyway i just didn't think this you know new song remix thing was very good like i thought eminem kind of real like as soon as he came on i was like why is he forcing this flow and well so anyway, i have this opinion you know which of course it's a uh, uh, subjective is that the correct term objective i always get those confused but either way you know music's whatever you're gonna like what you like but these people online are like you know, to them, Eminem can do no wrong and any anything he does is the best yeah. ever. And it, I don't know, that shit gets on my nerves for whatever reason. It fucking kills me. Like, I'll admit, like, he's good as fuck, but, like, his new music, even though it's technically good, like, I, there's just no, there's nothing that draws me to it. I can hear a song and recognize, like, oh, yeah, those lyrics were good. Like, he had a good flow. Just for whatever reason, I can't get into it. I, I really liked Kamikaze, I guess, that project. Um, I think it was just because he jumped on trap beats and yeah, you know, like it was him trying to be like, Oh, I'll do what the, what these other guys are doing. And I was like, that was fun, you know? And it was cool. Like, and anytime he's on a song with Royce, the five nine, he's going to fucking bring it. So that's all. I'm like, just fucking them two just need to always be on the songs together. Um, but I still like, you know, probably maybe one out of every three Eminem songs these days, but like music to be murdered by came out and it wasn't my, my favorite. Um, 
But anyway, I just, I enjoy that. I don't have anything. I just absolutely love, you know, like run the jewels is one of my favorite groups and run the jewels four came out and I bought the fucking vinyl and I have a t-shirt and all this shit. And I was like, it's okay. You know, I think I was just too hyped for it, you know, because by then it was like, I need to listen to more of them. I think I've only heard like one or two of their songs and they were both good as fuck. Yeah. I mean, they have all four run the jewels. One, two, three, and four are on the made, you know, the streaming sites. Um, myself i heard the first song i listened to and i would recommend this be the first song you listen to because it's the best one is a uh, blockbuster night part one i believe is the name of the song i've fuck i can't believe i can't remember I believe it's yeah. blockbuster not part one um but at the end of like season two of silicon valley which is one of my favorite tv shows um when the credits rolled this song just fucking hit and i was like i don't know i'd never heard of run the jewels at the time and uh the beats so fucking bonkers on this song that I like immediately jumped up and was like, I had to find this song. How can I find this song? Like, and I went online and like, I mean, I was watching it live and I was like Silicon Valley into credit. You know, I was like on IMDB, like what the, yeah, fuck, like, is what the fuck is this? <laughs> like I was losing it. I was losing. It was so good. And then within like 24 hours, I downloaded run the jewels one and two, um, you know, their first two albums. And I was just like, I fucking love it. They're so good. Uh, but then also what that did is it made me such a big fan that once three came out, I was like, I mean, it's good, but it's not run the jewels two. And then when four, I was, I was like, it's good, but it's not two or three. <laughs> you know, like, so I kind of put yeah. them in too high of esteem. I think these days, but I still really like the, it. the only one I can remember right offhand is that song. Just it's got the, uh, it's got Pharrell in it. And then the dude from rage against the machine, uh, Scott Della Roach. Yeah. 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 So fucking good. Like that beat is perfect. Zach Della Roach. Maybe anyway. Yeah. Zach. I was trying to remember the cover. Cause yeah, that's her name. Um, yeah. Run the jewels four is really good. I mean, uh, is that what album that's from yeah that's that's their newest one and i like uh the way they have like a a symbol with the fist and the the gun like the finger gun or whatever like, i don't know i just they have a cool little aesthetic and uh i you know i hate to be like this but i know racial identity and politics and all that shit is like ruining america in my opinion uh you know like i just think people should not care but i get that's so easy to say from my perspective but whatever you know, like a black person watches a black quarterback they feel a certain type of way or they see like a black hockey player or like a white guy sees a white running back and they feel a certain type of way or nba player you know it's same thing it's a, for whatever reason that happens and so like for instance i'm really drawn to rick rubin who is you know the like first white producer whatever in hip-hop maybe not the first but you know he's a big deal uh but lp is like you know a white rapper producer and he makes all the beats for run the jewels and i've always yeah. loved killer mics so like but there's something that like draws me to lp when i listen i know that he made all of those beats for whatever that's reason. wild i didn't know who lp was but like i would have never guessed by hearing the shit that he was a white dude even Right. Well, he's from New York City and his dad was um, clearly. Yeah, you can hear that New York accent heavy. And I only learned some of this stuff from uh, when he went on the Rick Rubin podcast. But his father was a like a working musician, you know, like the like the top that would go play at a restaurant, like play the piano or whatever, like a f- nice restaurant or something like that. So like his dad was like a working musician. So he has this musical background. Um, but then he came up like rapping with like uh, Talib Kweli and all those guys, you know, like the park ciphers and shit. Yeah. But anyway, there's some Run the Jewels history. Everyone go check out Run the Jewels. Um, is there any music you're listening to these days? Like, I know I've sent you a beat pack. I don't remember how many beats I sent you, but I know you said you're working. I, I've on got a few. six. I think you sent me seven. One of those we use for Internet Friends three. Mm-hmm. So I still got six now. Three of those are like full blown in the process of being written to. One of the songs is done. I'm going to record it and 
it might be kind of done in quotations. I might add some shit as I actually record it, play it back, figure out if I need some more elements in and out of that. For the most part, 90% of that song's done until I record it and kind of play it back. You know, I don't know if you're the same way, but like, I think some shit is done, but then when I actually play through it, I'm like, well, fuck, I'm missing something. I don't know what it is, but yeah, sometimes that happens. Like, I mean, I go through just a lot of mixes. You know, I go through lots of yeah. CDs, um, and every once in a while, I have to go respit some stuff. Or I'm like, you know what? I can't fix this. I just have to redo it. And if I redo that, I might have to redo another part because now those two sound so you know. So yeah, or on yours, like since you made these beats, a lot of times the way I write won't necessarily structure exactly with how the beat is. So I'll go through and chop up the beat at times. Like, Oh, it'd sound really cool if this silent section without the drums was here instead of where he had it and right. mix and match slide shit around. And yeah, I don't know if I sent you all the stems or not, but if not, I could. So, I mean, if you ever need, need all that, uh, that should be, there's those beats all had like enough dynamic range in there where there were parts where like all the fucking drums were going. There's parts where none of the drums were going or like only the snare was hitting. There was enough diversity that I think I can kind of dig around and swap some shit out as I see fit. Right. Friends like Brad and Brad strikes coop. They want the stems on every song because they, they, they change it up a lot. You know, they drop drums out and drop melodies and shit like that. And so I always make sure to send them stems, but it takes a lot longer, you know, to stem out all the beats. Yeah, yeah. So typically I'm like, just let me know if y'all want them and I can. But if if it doesn't matter to you, then I'm not going to take the time. No, no. Like I said, I it's so much easier for me to just swap it out as I go, because for the most part, like the main elements I'm looking for are there. If I wanted to get really anal and really technical, I could go that route. But it's almost more trouble than it's worth. Right. It's not going to make or break the song, whether I do that, I guess. Man, I've a lot of things I've been mixing. I mean, you talked about it's a little bit of whatever program you use. There's a way you can basically like turn off all the effects or do something that we're like freeze it. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mix most everything in FL studio and really it's because I just I know it way more since I, I use it so often and I've gotten yeah. decent at mixing in there, but I do get to a point where I'm using too many plugins or something. And so a lot of people would claim slow shit down. Right. And they'll be like, Oh, it's your Ram or whatever, but it's, and maybe this is an FL studio issue, but I have 24 gigabytes of Ram at the moment. Right. Cause I'm fine. Like I'm not getting close to using that no matter whatever the fuck I use on it. Like I'm, I'm good. Um, but the little at the top of, uh, FL studio, if anyone's use it, there's like this little number and this line that gets up, you know, like in the nineties and it's red. It's like, Oh my God, you're using whatever percentage that is allotted for the program. So it's not for like the whole computer, but it does get to a point where it's like, it starts clipping and they call it, uh, there's underruns, and that's where you like the, the clipping noise. So I've gotten to where like, I just do so much when I mix there's so much going on that like that shit will start to happen. So I like, friends, the song I sent you recently, uh, the running away song, like that's just about to happen. I can tell because shit's starting to go slow, you know? And yeah. Like, God damn it. It's like, I can't really do anything else. And so like, I guess, you know, it's going to be one of those things that maybe the limitations help the creativity or something. Um, but it's definitely become frustrating lately. And then like I, I said, I would definitely, if I were you look, Check online somewhere to see if FL Studio has either the freeze feature or like the equivalent of that. Because essentially what it does is um, if you're fucking with vocals, for instance, which tend to be super effects driven, 
and you only want to focus on vocals, you can freeze every other track, like freeze your melody, freeze snare, kick, everything that doesn't involve the vocals. And what that does is it makes a wave file out of those tracks so that your computer is simply playing back that wave file exactly how it would sound with the effects on it, but it's just a wave file. So it's not sucking all that processing power. Actually have to actively use all these effects in real time. Right. And I could easily, I mean, just with making stems of beats, I could been saying, I mean, I can do that with everything and then make a new project and then pull those stems in. This is like a thing that you can turn off or on. So you right. can freeze it. Right. Yours is so much shit, faster. And then if you want to go back, like, all right, well, actually that fucking guitar I had, I do want to add a little more delay to it. You can unfreeze it and still fuck with it. So it's not like permanent changes. You don't have to be for certain on anything. Right. It's basically just a tool you can use to edit specific tracks at once without all the processing power of the 30 tracks you're not using. Well, and then another part of me, uh, cause I have Adobe audition to what we're recording on now. Um, I have all the whole Adobe suite. I just need to learn how to use some shit, but, um, anyway, so I got Adobe audition and you know, I've stemmed out some beats before and like took in all the vocals and try to mix it in there. But like, I just, there's not a go-to template that I know. Like I have a template I've made on FL studio of like, this kind of works. Um, but over there, it's like trying to balance it. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm not familiar with her. Like I do on my podcast over there, but I've never mixed yeah. music in it. And so it's like starting from scratch. I'm like, I know I should, because I bet there's so many good tools in here. I just don't, I don't know where to start. That was actually the first program I used. It's been like eight years though. So I don't even remember. I didn't have any frame of reference at the time, whether it was good or whether it was bad. I was like, well, fuck, this is what people use to mix music on, I guess. But I don't remember it being bad by any means. Now, if I saw Adobe Audition 3.0, I could I could mix it easily, actually. I mean, that's what I use for years and years. Um, but as soon as I got legit and I got like a, a license, all these Adobe softwares, and I got the new Adobe Audit, they've changed it so much. Um, I mean, it's, uh, it, it is somewhat, for the most part, the same thing. Like, you know, it looks the same. Um, but like, I don't, I just don't even know where to begin. Like, I of how we we would layer it like i've tried you know and i've figured out enough for the to get a podcast but we know this is just you know two audio tracks and and then one for some audio you know some music to play um but yeah anyway i just need to probably invest time into youtube researching you know like uh that's how i've learned everything else i'm just to a point where you know i do the beats pretty well and i do the podcast so i'm to the point like i don't want to learn anything else you know <laughs> Like yeah what i'm well, like and if the tools you're using work for you that's where i'm at because like i use a program that hardly anyone else uses but like i know my way around it so well that why would i even fuck with switching now right. i know exactly how to do what i need to do with it and i know where all the tools are located and what i am capable of doing so like i almost feel like switching to another one would just fuck me right and that, that is the issue. I mean, at least for me, I'll probably just say with what I gotten, you know, as I've been making yeah. albums, people are like, Hey, you're, it's all getting better. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll just stay on this path and hopefully it keeps getting better. I feel like most of the programs do the same things. It comes down to you learning your new techniques right. and all the programs are going to be capable of running the same plugins. A lot of it's plugin dependent, like, Programs might have little shortcuts that help you do specific tasks, but for the most part, the plugin is going to have the most drastic effect well, on what's changed. And like 
what combination of plugins you're using and what percentage of that plugin you're using. And those are all things that just come with using your ears and learning new shit. Right. And I love finding uh, stock plugins that do the exact same thing as like popular plugins people pay money for, you know, like, yeah, uh, like for the Melodon, people always talk about it. And I'm not saying new tones exactly the same, but Melodon, you know, it helps you snap in, to us you know it's basically like an auto tune type thing you can snap parts yeah yeah your shit into a grid or whatever on a keyboard and fl studio has new tone which has the exact same feature now maybe it's not quite as good you know maybe there is some benefit to meltdown but meltdown's like not cheap and so yeah, but like yeah. no one that i know uses new tone you know or i have before to try to mess with some stuff um but i also don't do a lot of auto tunes up but i just never hear it brought up or like um halftime is a very popular plug-in um, that just uh, it just pitches down. Honestly, it just does one one full pitch down uh, of a a melody and then plays it at half the speed. But you could do that exact same thing with gross beat in FL Studio if you know how. If you know how to go make the line, you know. Yeah. Like so, there are cool things you can learn all the time. It's just knowing how to find this information or coming across yeah, a it. lot of those or things like that one for instance the plugin might be like a shortcut to do it whereas if you wanted to do it manually it might take three steps exactly okay i gotta manually tune it down manually slow it down and whatever whereas this one's like oh you click the button it did that right it's kind of like a okay there's like a stutter um plugin i see people use a lot that helps them do those little like you know stutters at the end of of uh, loops you know of your melody or whatever and i'm sure people thought i've used that before whatever i just go in and chop it yeah like i just go in there and literally cut yeah. it and chop is that what you did on that last song you sent me there's a few parts on your vocals that are like kind of bad uh, it's almost like rapid muting oh yeah they so, got the bong. yeah that one just has a uh a, a, a gate like you know like a half step gate and then i yeah. have it turned almost all the way up but it, it basically sounds like whenever you're singing into a fan and so now in my yeah. head, that's exactly what I imagine. If I ever made a music video, I'm going to be singing into a fan. Um, but yeah. And then that was just, and that was using gross beat. Cause gross beat has all those like, you know, trance and half step, uh, gates and all that shit. And then so, yeah, like, yeah. And you know, I'll do and something I love doing is I'll just click a random one and then I'll create an automation knob and then click like the last one. And then I set like a wave. And so like, it's just randomly picking it. Like every however, you know, like, and I just do shit where, yeah, sometimes listens. you get lucky and like some cool shit happens. Exactly. And you're like, afterwards. oh, that's the one, you know, or whatever. So, um, a lot of what I do is experimentation. You know, I don't do a whole lot of, I know what I'm doing. You know, like, for it's like, I know you're good at the guitar and stuff. You might sit down and be like, I actually have this melody in my head. There is very rarely in which I'm all like, oh, I'm thinking of it being like, do, do, do. You know, like, I don't, I'm not like that. Like, I'm just clicking it and I'm like, ooh, good noise. Yeah. Most good of noise. my melodies, even, as proficient as I am with guitar, most of my melody is kind of accidental. I'll be fucking around for an hour or I might even be playing a cover song and then do some weird variation of pre-existing melody and like, Oh, I should play that last section first. And then that other section here. And then you're using the same notes, but you found some different way of stringing them together. Right. Well, and like, uh, I think I told you this last time you were on or maybe just uh, in the DMS, like I'm so into like midis lately where like i'll just download a uh, any drum kit as long as it has a midi pack i'm fine with it you know if like it has 20 random melodies because you could just drop that into any vst yeah and then you're like i don't know put it all kinds of different bpms like oh you just can mess around and you and i don't even care if i reuse them because again rappers 
or listeners, they're not going to be able to tell, you know, like, I don't know. Especially if like in the popular version of it, it's a guitar and then you throw it on a piano or a flute. Right. Like, unless it's fucking Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train, they're not going to recognize the melody. Right. And like today, actually, uh, I made three beats and all of them. I, for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to play them all on my MIDI keyboard. And, and I'm not, I can't really play, you know, but I can fuck around a little bit. And so like I play the piano on the first one and then I turn that piano into a guitar and then it sounded cool but like i'm in my mind i still played it you know technically um and then yeah like after i did that then i had all these crazy effects you know i just keep doing shit until i'm like hey that sounds kind of sounds kind of cool so anyway today was a no loop day in, in my house not nice. that i'm hating i've i've more no loop days than not but it's fucked because like i do like sampling it's fun as shit and when you were doing the sampling challenge that kind of gave me an excuse to dive into it like Almost permission, if you will, because like, well, fuck, he's asking me to do this. I got to make a sample out of this. Right, right. Like a lot of the beats I made out of that turned out really fucking cool. And I wouldn't have made those beats had I not used the sample and like got my brain turning in whatever specific direction. Right. What? I don't know. I do definitely need to start sampling more. I need to get my vinyl, my record player back out and start ripping some stuff. It's been a while since I have. Um, I feel really good about it if I do it that way. Like, you know, if I rip the vinyl, like for some yeah, reason, yeah. it's uh, it's more legit. You know, like I earned it. Like something sacred about it. My mother-in-law gave us these records. Damn it. <laughs> so well, for me, the one reason I avoid sampling is because the shit I want to sample would for sure get flagged. Like I want my samples to be noticeably sampled. Like I want to use a hook from some song that every fucking person knows and like tune it down almost as like a nod to that, but that's the type of shit that you're not allowed to do. Yeah. I've been like you can be sneaky about sampling all day, but like, what good is that? If I want to sample something, I want everyone to know it was sampled. Like I want to remix some fucking Ellie Clarkson song, but make it some dark trap sounding shit or. I mean, and those, like I said, those are the ones that will get caught. Like when I was making that Christmas song, for instance, uh, initially that one was sampled. It had like a, Frank Sinatra sample in the beginning and then I kind of chopped and screwed it and it went into the beat. It got flagged like fucking immediately. So I had to take that out. Yeah. Like, damn it. This is the part that makes it fun. Like if I'm remixing a Christmas song and it wasn't even a remix, it was just mainly like a record skip in the beginning, like to have yourself a merry little Christmas. And then it slows down and goes into the song. That was the only portion of the song I used it. I intentionally use it because like, oh, everyone fucking knows this Christmas song. This would be a cool intro. Well, it's interesting that you couldn't do that, but you could just sing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, do a cover <laughs> yeah, and so then fun. get a cover license or whatever. It is. I don't I've never. I can copy the entire song word for word. But as long as I sing it, it's somehow legal. But doing an obvious nod is illegal. Right. I mean, I I constantly think about. I want to do uh, beat tapes where I put uh, more dialogue from TV shows I love. It would require me to to rip audio from TV shows. That's the only reason I don't do it, because that's a lot of work. Um, but I'm also worried. I'm like, is that OK? Like, would someone be like, hey, you got to pull that? See, I've I've went that route on several tracks and I've never caught any heat for it. Granted, my releases aren't getting the amount of streams that would even come across anyone's radar. Right. But. I've never had a problem with that as much as I have the music. Like one of my earliest songs, I think like the second song I ever released on Spotify had a Will Smith speech in it from pursuit of happiness as like the intro of the song. 
And coincidentally, that Christmas song I was just referring to, they flagged me for the Frank Sinatra sample, but they did let me sample Buddy the Elf. There's like, uh, this is the best time of the year. Sing a Christmas carol. Like that was all good, but I couldn't use a fucking actual piece of music. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, They got to figure it out, man. I guess they got to figure it out on Spotify or wherever else. I don't know exactly how I feel like there's it. so much dialogue from movies. There's no way to track it. Like with the song shit, there's some sort of algorithm that tracks like if this is an existing song and whether they stole it or not. But like movie dialogue, there's so many fucking hours and hours with the movie clips. I don't know if there'd ever be a database big enough to flag that. I mean, I would think there's I would think there's more music than movies, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Or at least it would be comparable. Music is like, I feel like easier to recognize. Like if there's a noticeable melody, like it'd be way harder to rip off Sweet Child of Mine than it would be some obscure line from The Office that you'd have to be a diehard fan to recognize. Well, to me, if you're, yeah, if humans are doing it, but if it's all done by a computer program that just has audio files loaded into it, it should be all the same, I would think. Yeah, fair. But... Right. the audio file of that episode throw it in and like all right detect anything from this audio but yeah like i mean obviously i don't care i use the office uh on uh, you know that song brats rex and i have a stargate sg1 quote on the song um so yeah they, they don't really seem to care brats rex's newest project has a bunch of jim carrey quotes like throughout the whole thing about being crazy and shit like that so yeah, yeah and, and no one does seem to care and, it, and which is awesome because i mean i think dialogue can really uh-huh. help to songs um it's just it's a weird world. Like, I just wish you could sample something and then it was like the cover thing. Like when you upload, it's like, did you sample someone that you can just go ahead and give them whatever percentage that they request? Exactly. Yeah, um, I've released covers before and it was effortless. Just say who the original artist was and they take care of it. Right. So it seems like that could be something that happens in the future. But um, my goal this summer, because I do have I'm taking two weeks off work at the end of this month because I do that every summer. Um, and. I'm going to try to rip some vinyl. So if I come across some that I think you'll you'll like, I, I try to find the obscure ones. Um, you know, like you mentioned you you want popular ones like, for instance, I have like a Doobie Brothers record. That's probably my favorite one. Like, I'm like, fuck, it's so good. Like, it's crazy how good some of these old records are. And because I don't I didn't really listen to this music growing up. So I come across it. I'm just like, oh, man, this stuff's so good. But like, I don't want to sample something that's super super popular because like you're saying i'd probably get caught but also i think it's more fun yeah. in a way that well, like, yeah like you like find it to be obscure. obvious it's like if everyone recognized that song they'd be like oh fuck that was a cool thing you did with that i never pictured that song to sound like that right well i guess th- that is one way i look at it more of like where the fuck's that melody from? And I'm like, you'll never guess. It was from, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jose's Spanish Christmas album. <laughs> and uh, that was the accordion they used on the donkey song or whatever. You know, I got, I'm always looking for that. Not that I'll always, you know, necessarily find it. Um, and then, you know, I, there's also plenty of times I'm like, what was a TV show I was watching the other day? And my wife was watching something and the background music was just so good that I was like, fuck, I just want to go rip, rip this music and just sample the score off this movie. But I don't know what those rules are either, but uh, why not? I've always said, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Homeward Bound. You've probably for sure fucking seen it a million times, but like that was like a religion to me when I was growing up. Like my grandma had that movie. I've watched that fucking movie hundreds of times. And the soundtrack of that movie is fire. Like that main orchestral 
part that plays throughout the entire movie. And I've always wanted to sample that and like make some sort of beat out of it. I'm like, well, fuck that one's big enough that it would for sure get pulled. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it depends how you do it. Yeah. I think if you chop anything enough, um, they won't recognize it. But again, if you do that, then people won't recognize it. And if that's what your goal <laughs> yeah, is, defeats the purpose or at least my purpose for it. Right. Very true. All right, man. Well, I feel like we've been talking forever, so I guess, um, get off here and, you know, so I don't have as much to, to mix up. Anything you want to bring up before we, we wrap it up here? Not that I can think of. I think we covered it once again. All right, man. Well, you know, I'm sure we'll have you back on again and, uh, yeah, let me know when you're putting out some shit, you know, we'll share all that. Oh, appreciate you having me on again, man. All right, man. Peace. Later. Pretend I give no fucks Inside I'm barely me when Anxiety steady creeping I might go off the deep end Then lose my whole weekend I'm barely sleeping But still dreaming Internet friends three That's the team And I don't know if it's my last season Or truly complete I just need a reason Maybe I should chill out And slow down Don't know how to feel about my goals now Wow it's like music really therapy Shit I don't even know like where I be Time is such a rarity And we give it away like charity Bye I got no time, moving slow now, but when it's go time, when it's show time now, when life gets hectic, I got no time, depression got me moving slow now, just let me know when it's go time, yeah, all fucking guess it's show time now. Here's the, here's the moment, makes me sick.